Hello and welcome to the Joshua Nema Show where you get a shot of truth with your coffee. Now I'm very pleased to have you here listening to the program. On the show we cover news, current events, politics, we deal with things on a local, state, national level. You never know what kind of guests we'll have. We could have mayor candidates, we could have senators, governors, the president. No matter who we're talking to, what we try to do is to get to the heart of the issue and find out what's going on from the newsmakers themselves. So be sure to tune in and subscribe and never miss a show because it's really good and have your coffee ready. Hello and welcome to the Joshua Nema Show where you get a shot of truth with your coffee. Now today I'm very happy to have with me my co-host, Anna. Welcome to the show. Hey, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Now, Anna, um, we're here on our second episode here. Anna was the producer for the show when we were on the radio. She's been up to um, some fun projects, doing some things. But we got the band back together, and we're doing this as a podcast. So, um, Anna, why don't you give the listeners a little idea what we usually do on the show? So... Usually on the show, we talk about current politics, about what's happening, our opinions, how we think uh, things should be fixed, etc. And news has been so slow that there just hasn't been anything to talk about. And that's being said with a heavy, sarcastic voice. <laughs> uh, it seems yeah. like the last four years, there's always something to talk about. There's always something to talk about, unless you purposely turn off the television and just avoid hearing the news. There's usually something. And even then, if you try to avoid it, you'll someone will tell you something that's happening. Yes, uh, this guy's great for ratings. But anyway, anyway, um, I'm glad to have you back on. And I just wish we were going during the primaries because heaven knows you and I were having quite the war about the different candidates we liked. So that would mm -hmm. have been uh, an amazing show. But um, what are your thoughts about the Supreme Court hearing going on right now? About the Supreme Court justice? Yes. Uh, okay, so my general thoughts. So I've seen people uh, crying about how how Republicans are hypocrites, specifically Mitch McConnell, because of what happened in, with, uh, with Obama's Supreme Court justice uh, nominee mm -hmm. back four years ago. And my personal opinion is that of course, of course, they're being hypocritical because it's not about ethics. It's it's about control and power, and we need to stop. We need to start moving from this whole. Oh well, they're hypocrites. Of course, they're being hypocritical. The question is, what are you going to do about that hypocrisy? This isn't. They don't. They don't care about being called about a hypocrite because it's never about ethics. It's about power. Yes, Moscow Mitch is quite a guy. But um, in politics, my opinion is, with Moscow Mitch, is both parties really have a hypocrisy problem because when Obama still had a year to go in his term and he put up a Supreme Court justice, the Republicans cried and screamed and said, oh, no, oh, no, let the people decide. And now here we are a month and a half away from the election when this started. Mm -hmm. 
and they're doing the same thing. But you could also say the Democrats completely dropped the ball when it came to DACA because they were saying, oh, we want DACA, we want DACA. And you know all the hell that was raised with us on the show when we talked about that topic. But um, as soon as the Trump administration said, well, let's make a deal and negotiate, the Democrats ran away from it. So both sides play the political football. But I'm not going to get into Amy Coney Barrett, whether she's qualified or not qualified or anything like that. That's for another day. She's going to get confirmed. There's no question about it. But it's really just the way it's being done. And I think it's completely ridiculous. They should wait till after the election, but they're not going to. But I think it's going to really have a bad effect on them, and they don't realize it, at the ballot box. What do you think? Yeah, honestly, when looking at um, the Republicans moved on this, it's very clear that they're planning on, well, they're betting their cards on the whole gerrymandering situation and stuff like that to win this election again. Especially, like, for example, when you look at Texas right now, and there's literally one drop-off box per county in Texas, which is voter suppression. Same, um, And right now here in California, um, GOP are putting fake boxes across the, across the state. Oh. And that's a huge... Oh, you jumped on top of the story I wanted to talk about. But let's go back to Texas really quick. Um, In one county in Texas where they have 4 million voters, they put one drop box, and that's L.A. County has 4 million residents, and it could take you over an hour to go from one side to the other without traffic. And the idea that you would only have one drop box in the whole L.A. County is crazy. And when you do that in Texas, I mean, it's just so obvious what you're doing. And it's voter suppression. And when you think about someone like John Lewis, who died not that long ago, and he spent his life fighting and marching and doing everything he could to help people get the right to vote and fight for equality, and to see this still happening 60 years later, it's so ridiculous. But one thing I do like, and it's making me feel that this election might not be going down the toilet so quickly is in Georgia this week when they opened early voting, people waited 10 hours in line to vote, which is horrible. But if someone's willing to wait 10 hours in line, and in Texas they were waiting eight hours in line to vote, you hear in California they opened early voting on the first day, and they broke a record of how many people were voting. So people are definitely motivated, and this could be the biggest election of our lifetime in turnout what do you think anna yeah i i agree with you there uh it's good to see people are being motivated to vote but again it's an issue like the idea of like having to wait eight hours ten hours to vote that's that's ridiculous that means you don't have enough polls open but these states don't want to put resources into putting more openings for voting it this this idea of like making eight hours, ten hours live to voting. No, that's absolutely it's absolutely horrible. But yeah, it's a form of voter suppression. 
But the idea that someone's willing to do that, and I could tell you, I would happily get it. Well, I wouldn't be happy. You'd be hearing quite a bit from me. But I would get in line at 9 in the morning to vote, and I would stay there till midnight or 2 in the morning at this election because there's no way you would turn me away from voting. It's too big of an issue right now. Mm-hmm. But um, since you already jumped the gun on where I wanted to go, I was going to say that we finally found Trump's voter fraud. And so we've been looking, we've been looking, and we found it here in California. The California Republican Party has been setting up fake voter drop-off boxes in L.A. County, in Orange County, in the San Fernando Valley, and they're putting them in churches, they're putting them in other places. And so the voter fraud that we've been looking for, we finally found. So what what's going on, Anna, with that? Okay, so right now, like as you said, they're setting up uh, fake voter, voter um, booth dropouts in churches, in front of like different places, and they have like these signs, you know, that says like, voters drop off. Uh, I think some signs says like, brought to you by GOP, California GOP, etc. And it's, it's a big issue because actually, consider it legal, because of the fact that voter drop off booths, they have certain precautions to them that these um, these fake booths do not have that can easily be tampered, et cetera. And right now, Re- California Republicans are claiming, oh, because we can do this because of ballot harvesting. When in reality, they can't because ballot harvesting also has certain um, steps you have to take, and they're not taking those steps. Right, right. And I know we're probably going to disagree on this next point, but first the Republican Party is completely playing a game here. And I think you're costing people votes because once you put your ballot in this drop box, then when you go to turn these ballots into the Secretary of State, they might not even be counted because they're going to say, we don't know where this, where the ballots came from, the chain of custody, da-da-da. So you're really disenfranchising voters. But I'm going to do this, and I know a lot of my listeners aren't going to like this one, but I don't like the idea of ballot harvesting. The idea that somebody's going to knock on my door and say, oh, can you fill out your ballot, please, and mark the people? And just trust me, hand me over the ballot, and I'm going to go do that. Now, I know a lot of campaigns really like doing that. Here in California, the Democrats did it in 2018, and they won big time. In other states, Republicans do it. But the idea of ballot harvesting, the idea that I'm going to sit here and I'm going to mark whatever party I'm voting for and who I'm voting for, and that I'm going to trust handing it to someone. And what do you think when, let's just say, it could, let's say, to play devil's advocate that I'm a Republican and I'm voting for Trump, heaven help us all, but I'm voting for Trump. Um, and then I hand it over to a Joe Biden staffer, and they see that. Do you really think that they're going to turn in my ballot? I have the sneaking suspicion that it's going to end up disappearing somewhere. And if you're a Democrat and you hand it over to a Republican person, I just have the suspicion. 
So it's not that one side's doing it and the other side isn't. I don't feel comfortable with ballot harvesting. What do you think, Anna? I personally don't believe in ballot harvesting, mainly because I'm not very um, trusting of uh, of harvesting balloting in general. I personally feel that probably the safest is to go to like official official routes, mm-hmm. like like dropping off at official ballot locations. But in regards to ballot harvesting, because there is there is potential voter fraud, even though we talked about before that voter fraud isn't as common as like that is said, ballot harvesting does open up the field for voter fraud, such as, you know, accidentally losing your your ballot, etc. And that's an issue. And honestly, I feel like if you want to make voting more accessible, you need to start opening more polling places, putting more official booths and official drop-off, et cetera, uh, across different states. Mm -hmm. And uh, the situation with California is an interesting one because because, uh, everyone complains about, specifically Trump administration complains about this whole idea, like, oh, California allows voter fraud. And right now we're sort of seeing it in our own eyes. GOP in California is trying to commit voter fraud. Yeah, um, you know what they talk about people in glass houses. But um, I spent two weeks of my life, I was involved in a campaign, a congressional campaign, and I spent two weeks of my life after Election Day at the Registrar of Voters watching how votes get counted, watching them getting challenged, watching them do this or that. And I could tell you that I was very disheartened after seeing that for two weeks and seeing how ballots are not counted, the signature doesn't match or this or that, and both sides have people there to throw out votes. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that's good for democracy. I think we should allow as many people who are legally able to vote to be able to vote. And so I know that there's a big push on the Democrat side, go vote by mail, vote early. And if you're comfortable doing that, that's fine. But I could tell you because of my experience, I'm going and voting on Election Day. I'm going to have my hazmat suit on and my mask and, you know, my hamster bubble. I'm being a bit sarcastic here. But what I'm saying is I'd be happy to risk going and voting on Election Day itself to make sure that my vote is counted. Because if there was ever an election that so desperately you needed to go vote in, and make your voice be heard, it's this election. So I'm going and voting on election day. I know that's going to get me a lot of hate mail, but I need for my voice to count. And so what do you think about strategically also, I think there's going to be a big mistake because what Democrats don't realize is if they're all voting by mail on election day, who's going to be showing up to the polls? It's going to be Trump voters. And so it's going to look like Trump is winning this state and that state and that state. And what's Trump going to do? Because he's such an honest and good guy and, you know, he's a saint. He's going to come out on election night and say, see, I won. But the problem is 
Then they're going to start counting the votes by mail the next day and the day after, and it'll take about a week. And you're going to see this state go from on election night looking like Trump won it. And then when you count all the votes, you're going to see that Biden won. And so you're going to see that. And what's automatically going to be screamed, Trump's going to say, see, I told you there's voter fraud. And so by pushing for mail-in voting, I think what's going to happen is on election night, it's going to look one way. And then a few days later, when you start counting in the votes that are coming by mail, it's going to swing. And if you understand that going in, it's not a big deal. But a lot of people aren't following the process enough. They aren't going to realize that. And when Trump goes on Twitter and those little fingers start hitting the keys, he's going to say, I won and they're stealing it from me. And so what do you think, how do you think this is going to work out, Anna? Okay, so from what I've heard about mail-in voting is that, okay, if you mail in your vote, like now, yes, uh, from today, um, they're, or, they're already counting the votes right now. And if there's something wrong with your ballot, you can see online if, if it was counted, if it wasn't counted, et cetera. You can, you can see on, mm-hmm. online, like, what happened to your ballot. Yes. So there is... So there is more accountability for mail-in voting compared to like a couple of years ago. You're right um, about that. But what do you think about the idea on election night, the people who oh, vote that? in person, and it's going to look mm-hmm. like Trump took this state or that state, and then when you start counting in the mail ballots a week later, let's just use Pennsylvania as an example. It'll look like on election day Trump won it. Let's say he looks like he won Florida too. And a week later goes by and they count the votes and they're going to say Biden won those states. And in the meantime, Trump's going to be crying and going on Twitter and on Fox News. And a lot of these bozos I know around here are going to be screaming. They're going to go on Facebook and oh, da, da, da. And so you're setting up a really nasty problem. What do you think is going to happen? Okay. So in regards to that, I'm going to be honest. I don't I don't care too much. I don't care if Trump cries about voters fraud. I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to set he's trying to set a stage for a civil war. He's clearly trying to do that. He's he's been hinting at this for a couple years. But the best way to react to Trump is just not care. Just simply just if you if you don't if you start not taking him seriously in regards to his antics wait you're telling me someone took him seriously <laughs> you know if you if in regards to like if in regards to like his whole yes like, i know antics, what you're saying yes yes um because the one thing that trump probably likes more than power is attention is attention and when you just not legitimately care it's you know, that will, like, what can he do? He really can't actually, um, like, he threatens a lot of things, but he can't actually do it unless people are enabling him to. Well, the problem and, is people are enabling him to. You could see what he did with DACA. Yeah. You could see about the kids in cages. You could see what he's doing um, with the Supreme Court. He has enablers. But what I'm concerned about um 
you're right. On January 20th, if someone is not declared the winner of the election, then what happens is, by the law, the Speaker of the House becomes the acting president. So that means you have Nancy Pelosi. That could go Unless good. Unless you lose it. Unless she loses this congressional race, but that's a whole, uh, um, that's a whole other conversation. Well, let's just assume for the sake of argument now, um, Nancy win. Pelosi wins. Um, mm-hmm. But I have commentary on that too, but I want to stick on this track. So Nancy Pelosi becomes acting president, but so it's guaranteed by law what's going to happen. But Trump, you know, is going to go on Twitter and he's going to say, fake election, fake news, fake this, and, um, well, ne- never mind. But he's going to be doing this game, and there's a lot of people who are in this um, Trump derangement syndrome. They like throwing that at the left. But I would say um, he has a cult of followers. And I know some people. I know this little short guy, and, you know, he gets himself really worked up. He loves Trump. And um, I go and I talk to him and he starts, you know, going on next thing, you know, his voice is squeaking and it's pretty entertaining to watch for someone who's like 50 years old. But for these people, these people who really worship Trump, um, they're going to go in the streets and it's going to be a very bad situation. Um, We've seen what happened with this whole Black Lives Matters thing going on in the summer. We've seen the protests. I think we're going to see it on the other side, and you're going to see these middle-aged men, middle-aged men, and whoever, I'm not going to start describing, I'm not going to describe um, this demographic of people, but you're going to see these guys in the street and, you know, in these giant trucks with the big wheels and the giant Trump flag, and um, I have to stop myself. I'm going to get in trouble. But you're going to see this. And what are we going to do? Because it's going to get nasty. Okay. So I, I do want to intervene in that because we actually did see that already happen. And that in was Michigan? Yeah. Corona, well, the Michigan situation. But we also seen it with the whole coronavirus protest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hiding to Beach was a, was a one that like made national news. But there was other like pro uh, go back to work situations and stuff like that. And the thing is, is that even, like in regards to um, the whole um, um, voter situation, whether those votes are counted by that next week or that day in regards to mail-in voting, et cetera, let's, say, let's just assume that like every, that both sides or everyone goes and votes in yes. person that day. And it went to Democrats. Yes. By and once. Trump is still going to say uh, voter fraud. He will still say that, regardless if it was counted that day or the next week. And you cannot take, you know, his arguments legitimate, legitimately because he will say it either way. You're telling me he's the chubby kid at the cookie jar who has chocolate chips melted on his face saying he didn't eat the cookie, but he has a parent dumb enough to actually believe him. Is that what you're saying? I I wouldn't use that analogy, but yeah, he's essentially the child that, that ate the cookie 
and claiming he didn't eat the cookie. Or just like in regardless to um, to all this, um, he will claim voter suppression either way. Right. If he loses, he'll claim he'll claim voter suppression because that's just who he is. Right. Now we don't have a lot of time, and I've gotten carried away. I was amusing myself, but let me ask you. Now Trump spent this whole time from March when the coronavirus first popped up in most people's minds till now saying that it's fake, it's not real. And yet in this last week and a half or so, Trump got the virus, his wife got the virus, Chris Christie, who is close to him, got the virus, his press secretary got the virus, Stephen Miller, that little troll who works for him, got the virus. Um, About 30 people who are all connected to Trump got the virus. We haven't seen the attorney general, Bill Barr. He's MIA right now, so who knows what happened to him. And now it's just been reported that his son, Barron, has it, and I really hope he recovers. I'm not going to make a joke about that. But the point is, he, everybody around Trump got the virus. And my question is, to Trump voters, and I want you to give me the answer, even though this is a rhetorical question, to Trump voters, if the guy cannot keep his own family safe, and he can't keep the people close to him safe from this, How do we expect him to keep us as a country safe? I don't think he has the ability to do the job, and he doesn't do it seriously. So if you can't trust him to take care of his own family and those close to him, how can you trust him to take care of us? Okay. So in regards to that, I've seen – President Trump saying not to be afraid of the virus or whatever, because he is recovering from it. And the issue there is that he has the top health care in, in the world. He has access to health care that, that the average American doesn't have, especially if you don't have health care. Mm-hmm. And the, the idea of... Um, in regards to whether being able to protect other people from the virus. I don't think at this point people even really care. People are willing to let people die because of this virus. You see, I've seen people who were virus deniers got the virus, but then somehow managed to recover like after barely surviving and still and still on that whole Trump train because this is this is not about logic the idea of oh well they trust Trump because they think he's logical it's never it was not about logic it's it's irrational it's cult like it's a it's a form of worship well they and, like him not because he's rational or logical they like him because he screams and shouts against the people they don't like and things they can't say in real life. You have this guy doing it. And I know I love watching like a clown and you have a clown get out and dance and they do their little jig and smash the pie in their face. And it's entertaining to watch because I'm not going to do that in real life. But I also don't want that clown to represent me in a meeting. And it's the same concept. Um, The way he behaves, it's very fun. I love people who 
di- who disagree with the same people I disagree with. And so it makes me want to say right on. But does that necessarily mean that they're right for the job themselves? And the answer is no. But let me ask you, because we're really running out of time. Um, someone said this to me the other day. And I notice I have a particular demographic of people. And so I want your opinion on this. I was talking to a pastor, and the pastor, we were talking about politics, and I was saying that I'm not voting for Trump, and he says, how can you call yourself a Christian? Because it's immoral to vote for a Democrat. It's immoral to be involved with Democrats, because they're this and that and da-da-da. And so then I said to the guy, I said, well, do you believe in... um, sleeping with porn stars. No, that's wrong. I said, do you believe in um, saying, you know, profane, vile things? Oh, no, no, that's wrong. I said, oh, well, do you believe in, you know, treating kids badly? Oh, no, that's wrong. Do you believe in making fun of handicapped people? No, that's wrong. And so I started listing all these things and they said, oh, no, that none of that's wrong. And I said, well, Trump is doing all these things. And they said, it doesn't matter. It's okay for him to do it. And, but it's evil to vote for a Democrat. And I'm not going to get into morals or spiritual stuff here. But the point I'm trying to make is I notice with a particular demographic of people, they say it's a sin if you don't vote Republican. But last time I checked, God wasn't registered as a political party. But they totally find it's okay what Trump's doing, and I'm completely mystified by this. Do you have any idea what's going on in their minds, Anna? Okay, so I said this before to you, and I think I said it in this conversation before, but it's in regards to um, this is not about reactionality. This is about worship, like worshiping someone on. In uh, in other words, Trump is probably the closest. To a modern day pharaoh that we've seen in a good while mm-hmm. that people are actively worshiping the guy even though they may say they're they're christians and and jesus and all that they they love trump more than they love jesus they love trump more than they love god and this whole idea of well well it's a sin to vote for democrats but you know it's okay to vote for for Trump is because it's about a, worshiping someone um, and their and their God, their worship is towards Trump. So you're th- they see Trump. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, they see Trump as the modern day Messiah, basically. Even if they won't say it, that's essentially what's hap- happening right now. And also, Trump specifically is balances a um, a type of control they personally want because Trump is saying all these outrageous things which they personally believe in their hearts and because they themselves want power and they view Trump as the avenue to do so. Okay. Um, so you're telling me I should tell this um, this pastor this pastor. I know a guy he runs a cult and I'm not joking. This sounds like a joke, but he, 
uh, he he had a church. He turned it into a cult, and now he has this little group, and they follow what he says and does. And he's completely sold on Trump, and he has all these people marching and this and that. And so, I agree that a lot of times people will mask themselves and say this is a church or this is Christianity, but then they go and they become a cult. So. This guy has a cult, and now he's in Trump's world, and other churches are still churches, but they have this kind of mindset. And I want to say here, I'm a person of deep faith. I'm not making fun of Christianity. I'm not attacking. I'm just talking about Christian leaders who want to talk about morals and ethics, and yet somehow it doesn't apply when it involves Mr. Trump. And I think you have a real big problem there. But this isn't an attack on Christianity. But anyway, Anna, I want to thank you. Um, what do you want to say in closing before we let you go? I do want to say that um, in regards to uh, what you said, um, religion a lot of times is used by human beings, mm -hmm. not as ways to gain power or as a way to exploit power and they will use the guidance of religion, like in regards to the idea of, oh, voting for Democrats is a sin, but we're going to vote for Republicans, because that's, that's, that's about power. Mm -hmm. that's, not, that's not related to the actual religion in general. If you look at most of history, they will use the idea of religion as a way to exploit for power. And so... Everything just goes back to the idea of power and control. When 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 you start questioning about like all these problems, why do this problem exist? Oh, because it's about power. Or why are they hypocrites? Oh, it's about power. It just relates to this idea of power. So you're and telling me. God. So you're telling me. Now I'm gonna pretend you're a shrink. Now I'm gonna pretend you're Dr. Anna. So you have a radio show, Dr. Anna. I'm calling in, and I said. There's a guy who's short, has little man syndrome, he's running a cult, and he's on the Trump train. You would tell me that this fits the scenario you just described. Um, probably. Like, it doesn't matter his height, but yeah, probably. Uh, okay, just wanted probably, your professional yeah. opinion as... For 10 minutes, you're Dr. Anna, and I just wanted your professional opinion that this is probably what's going on. I'm sorry I've thrown you a lot of rhetorical questions, um, and I've been a little facetious and tongue-in-cheek in this interview. But mm -hmm. um, what do you want to say in closing? Uh, what I want to say is that when it comes to this specific election, don't just vote, vote for the idea of like, you know, voting Trump out of presidency, you should probably look at your actual states and local laws that are about to be changed and focus on those things because those will affect you per on the personal level more than Trump's whole administration. Especially like right now in California, we have really important props on the ballot that's up and there's some that's going to affect people's lot of lives and you should focus on those and look at 
constant issues in regard to them. You're absolutely right. And you know what? I got a little carried away today. And we didn't get to talk about everything I wanted to talk about because I wanted to talk to you about those things. And I wanted to talk to you about, um, well, I'm going to save it because we're going to do a special election week show. And I'm going to bring you back because I want to talk more seriously um, instead of a comedy show here. But I want to talk seriously with you about these things. But Anna, welcome back. I'm glad we're doing this again. And we will talk again. All right, Josh. I hope you have a wonderful day. And same with everyone in the audience. Okay. Take care, kid. And again, I want to apologize if the show came off a little light today. There's a lot of serious issues. Um, This is a serious race. And I was having a little fun. But in all honesty, this is a very serious thing. And I have actually very close friends and even family who are Trump supporters. They're good people. I have people on the Biden side. I have people, you know, on third parties. There's wherever you end up and wherever you vote, that's on you and that's a personal issue. Um, This was more geared toward a particular type of people who understand that something's wrong, but they are doing it for their own personal gain. And so, again, as a person of deep faith, this wasn't attacking Christianity or anything like that. But I am going to slip on my youth pastor hat for a minute to say something here. I'm going to go back into the vault, and I want to read you something. And I think this will be, you know, something to really think about in the week going ahead. And it's Matthew 25, and we're going to start at verse 35. And I think a lot of times when we talk about Christianity, we think about other things and what you can't do, what you're supposed to do, and this and that. But when you really want to boil it down, what are we supposed to do as Christians? So let's see here. Matthew 25, and again, that's verse 35. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer the Lord and answer him. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothed you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to see you? And the king will answer and he'll say to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, to the extent that you did it for one of the, one of the least of these, my brethren, it's, you did it to me. And then he will say to those on his left, leave me, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire for which I have prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me in. Sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. And then, when they, and then they also will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And he will reply to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, to the extent that you did not do it for one of the least of these, you did not do it for me. And so a lot of times we could get caught up in titles and saying we're Christians or this. But the question is, are we really living that lifestyle? Are we helping people? Are we loving people? Are we visiting the sick? Are we doing things to help kids who are in need, to help people who need help? And so think about that. And when you go to vote, vote. But don't, a lot of times they'll tell you, you know, vote your morals, vote for your values. 
but these need to be your values. How can we help people? How can we make a difference? How can we make our little corner of the world a better place? Because that's what counts at the end of the day. It's about fixing the broken things around us. And each, if each of us does that, if each one of us in just our sphere of influence does that and helps people and loves people, that's how you change the country. That's how you change the world. So politics is important, but being a good person and showing love and doing the right thing is what counts. And that's what matters. And so with all this light commentary, I wanted to leave you on that note. And I want you to think, are these your values? Are these your values to help people and do good and to show God's love? And if they are your values, then think, how can I express that? And yes, do vote your values. And so thank you. Thank you for listening again. And if you go to our Instagram page, you could find out a way we have, you could record commentary for us and we'll play it here on the show. If you have an opinion, you love the show, you hate the show, hate mail's good too. Um, go ahead, express your opinion. We'd love to hear from you and you might end up on the show. That page is called The Joshua Nema Show. Nema spelled N as in Nancy, E-H, M as in Mary, E-H. Go ahead, go there, click the link, let us know what you think, and you'll hear yourself on the air. Again, thank you. We love our listeners. We love having you guys on. Now go live long and prosper.